Welcome back to the Florida Hockey Podcast. Justin Bedford joined once again by Noah Russo. And basketball season won't be around forever, so get in on all the action now with DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings is giving new players a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. You can claim your free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes when using promo code THPN during sign-up. Playing daily fantasy basketball is simple. Just pick your lineup, stay under the salary cap, and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Feel the sweat like never before. Every dunk, steal, and assist means so much more with a DraftKings daily fantasy lineup on the line. And baseball fans, you may have missed out on season-long fantasy, so now's the time to get in on all the daily fantasy action where DraftKings has even more ways for you to make it rain. With DraftKings, payday comes every day for players, so what are you waiting for? Head to the app now. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. That's code THPN, and you can get a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Noah, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. How are you? Good. You know, we, we missed you on last week's episode of the podcast. Yeah, so I mean, it was kind of it was kind of a spur of the spur of the moment um, thing. Tuesday morning, uh, me and another guy in the in my in my program, we just we decided we were going to go to the U18s in in Dallas. So just I it was it was kind of spur in the moment. So, um, but yeah, I'm back now. Uh, had enjoyed some fantastic hockey. So just yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, we, we'll definitely talk about that. Uh, had a great time, though. Barker did, you know, excellent as always. You know, he, he seems to think he might even be replacing you here. So he's, he's coming for your job. Let's give you a heads up. But, uh, yeah, it was good. Uh, so last week, a lot, of what we, the, a lot of what we talked about was the Tom Wilson incident in, uh, obviously, between the Rangers and Capitals. When we recorded that episode, because we did that one on Wednesday, we're doing this one on Friday, uh, a couple of days early. So there hasn't really been much Panthers stuff going on in the last couple of days. They, the team hasn't played. Uh, so I don't know how much of that we'll get to. But the Tom Wilson incident, at our last recording, uh, the last thing that had happened was the Rangers basically had put out a statement calling for George Peros to essentially be removed from his position since then, uh, we had that, I don't even know if I'd call it a hockey game, but there was the game between the Rangers and Capitals. And then, obviously, uh, the Rangers letting go of their GM and president of hockey operations. 
what are your thoughts on the whole situation? Like, it's just, it's been nuts. Um, yeah, uh, it's definitely, I think everyone was surprised when, first of all, when the Rangers made that, that, that decision, let's call it to, to just basically say that George Perlis was unfit to serve as the head of NHL department player safety. I, I was shocked. I yeah, saw you, that you, you and I was like. You don't really see that ever. I mean, there's been a lot of frustration over the years with the Department of Player Safety over certain decisions of that have been made. Uh, but never have we seen a team basically come out and say, man, this guy's not suited for this job. Yeah, and, and like, like there is some substance there. Like, I think we can both agree that George Peros has made some very questionable calls in terms of suspensions over the courses of his – 10 years so far but to go so far as to say this guy's like unfit for the job I think was an absolute extreme it's it's tough because I get where they're coming from and it's the, the fact that George Paris is the, the head of the department of player safety um is is a bit weird considering you know his history and the way he played the game and the fact that he does have, you know, he had a clothing line called Violent Gentleman that promoted a lot of the stuff the Department of Player Safety is supposed to uh, protect against, basically. So it's weird. I'm like, hold on. <clears throat> like, it's, it's, it's a hard job. Like, it's a hard job to, to judge these things uh, because the, the game moves so fast and emotions run high. Like it's, it's not an easy job. It's a high pressure job. Um, but I think the Rangers are just echoing what a lot of fans feel. I, yeah. And do, do I agree with the decision to only find $5,000 to Tom Wilson? Absolutely not. I think he should have definitely gotten at least one game. Um, you're talking about a repeat, repeat offender here. Like it's. Well, so like what? Like not Lars his Eller, first offense. Lars Eller, like, basically, and in his I, press I conference, he, he said, he like, said, people are only getting mad because it's Tom Wilson. And, and it's like, that, that is true, right? Like, there was the whole Crosby thing the day later with Konechny, right? That was also not a great play, and people weren't nearly as upset. But it's it's because it's Tom Wilson because of Tom Wilson's history. But at the same time, Tom Wilson has brought that reputation upon himself. Yeah, that, that's my point. It's, it's, not, like, it's, it's not like... It, it's not people just using him and like he does, he hasn't done anything. He just has this reputation that he, it's not his fault. He has this reputation. It's 100% his fault. Tom Wilson has an like an undeniable history of being a dirty player in the league. That's yeah, just like, like a your reputation that, is built like off of your actions. Evidence. Exactly. So when people are mad because it's Tom Wilson, it's because, yeah, because Tom Wilson has a long history of being a dangerous player out there. So, of course, the frustrations are higher. I think the Rangers said that he should be suspended indefinitely. I mean, I would not have gone that far. But I would have at least, like, taken him out of the game, the, the, the next game against the Rangers. Yeah, you the, prevent, uh, the, the you NHL prevent so much knew. by just getting him out of a game. And, and here's exactly. the issue for me. Here's the issue for me is 
like I think a, a lot of people are frustrated with with the league and they want them to do a better job and, and get stuff like that out of the game, right? But then it's like, how many of those people watched that rematch versus Washington Rangers? Yeah. It's... Like, who, like how many people watched that game that wouldn't have watched it if there wasn't so much built around it? Like, I, I don't know what that number is. I mean, but... I, I, saw, I saw a few tweets from people saying like, I don't think I've ever like willingly tuned in for a Washington Capitals regular season game, but I did this time. Um, right. And it's, so it, it's kind of hard for, for the league to get the message that you don't want this when it benefits them that it does. Yeah. And for the record, because I mean, there was a lot in that following game, Buchnevich's cross check. I thought that deserved more than a game. Yeah, I, I did too. And I was as soon as I saw it, I was like, that's a game. Like you know, it's it doesn't make any sense to me. Um, like you just look at like how dangerous was that game? Like obviously, like a lo- lot going on. And so much of it, like so many players having their safety put at risk because there wasn't a suspension for Tom Wilson. I mean, can you imagine being a guy like Capo Caco or Alexi Lafreniere? You know, you're less than 22 years old you're not you're not an aggressive player and you're thrust into this position and it's like it can't be it can't be fun it has to be a little scary for them well it's just like at that point like it's not even about hockey at that point right it's just about getting your pound of flesh from the other team um i will give some credit here to jacob barker because last last episode we posed the question who's going to be the guy that goes after tom wilson because you you knew they would go after pretty much everyone on the Caps, and they did. But who was going to be the one that stepped up to Tom Wilson? Mm-hmm. And he correctly picked Brendan Smith as the player that would do it. I was not close. I did go off the board. I went with Gorgiev. But that, uh, that is indeed off the board. But, I mean, yeah. must have been a, It was interesting. I, I wonder, had Tony D'Angelo been, you know, still with the Rangers – what that would have looked like. But I also think the NHL Department of Player Safety like did it to themselves because I, I, I think we both agree that Buchnevich earned, like should have gotten more, but because they didn't suspend Wilson, they couldn't give Buchnevich more than a game. The yeah, Rangers it, would, have, would have honestly lost it. Yeah, when you're called the Department of Player Safety and you just created such a dangerous situation, a situation where Buchnevich was frustrated enough that he did that like it's a bad play he deserved a game probably more than a game right for what he did but like I get why he did it right like right and like and, and it's like it's bad play by him but it's it's the league's fault for creating that atmosphere where that's how the players feel and absolutely my thoughts before the game was I was honestly like I wasn't even sure I was thought it was either going to be like it was just an absolute like MMA match a slugfest, yeah. Yeah, or I thought, you know, it wouldn't be anything like it was hyped up to be and they'd just go and play hockey. And immediately that wasn't the case. An NHL record, six fights within the first five minutes, which is hard to believe, to be honest. Yeah, you would have thought that there there would be something like previously that would have topped that, but I guess not. Yeah, and it's like, it was just like, what, uh, it was... It was barely a game, and it was tough too because in, in all of that, you know, TJ Oshie 
you know, has an unbelievable moment. One of the great, you know, moments of the year from, you know, an emotional and from a fan perspective, scoring the hat trick in his first game back after the, the passing of, of his father. And that just kind of like became like a side story to what was this whole event. Uh, but I'm curious to know what you thought of the, the, the Rangers firing uh, Gordon and Davidson. I mean, first of all, I, I, I've, Gordon's been there, what, two years? Uh, he's, yeah, he's been there a few years. Him and Davidson, I think, have both been there two years. It, it's, it's hard, especially a president of hockey operations, getting fired that soon into his tenure is very surprising especially given the potential of, of the, um, of the team. Uh, I completely disagree that the Davidson firing was premeditated. I think it had all to do with the the statement and him trying to distance himself from it. Um, The, the Gort one is a little, is a little, it's, it's, it's the same though. Like, well, like here's the thing. So I guess the reports are because, the timing of it is just absurd, right? That you would do that then, right? Right, and they wanted to promote Chris Drury also. I think that was that yeah, was motivation. Yeah, and, and, and that's fine, right? You want to promote Chris Drury. He's been someone who's been talked about for a lot of open positions in the last couple of years. And I guess, like, the reports were that, you know, the owner, Dolan, did not like the direction the team was headed. He didn't uh, like the way they played hockey. He wanted them to be a bit bigger, a bit tougher, Here's the thing about James Dolan. James Dolan has a lot, a lot, a lot on his plate. I don't know. I don't know if you're aware of like his, his titles and his roles, but he's the CEO of MSG corporation. Yep. Maybe just the sports side, but I, I want to say the entire MSG. He oversees day to day for both the Knicks and the Rangers. Like, it just seems like he's just, he's got too much on his plate. And I don't think, I think it was such an impulsive move because allegedly that statement was all him. Yeah. Right? It, like, allegedly the statement was all him and that Gordon and Davidson were not in support of the statement. But from, from what I heard, they didn't even know it was going to come out until it came out. Yeah. Can you imagine you come out with that powerful of a statement calling for the head of the NHL Department of Player Safety's head, but you don't tell your president? Well, James Dolan is an owner. He has a history of some... First of all, he's not an owner. He's not an owner. He's the operating officer. He doesn't own MSG. MSG is a publicly traded company. He's just the guy that runs it. I I get that... you know, you're allowed to, but you got to tell your president like that just seems so important. Yeah. You would think it's, yeah, it, it was just a whole, and like, and they say, you know, it's for performance reasons has nothing to do with what has happened over the last whatever, but if it's performance reasons, you got to think it has to come at the end of the season or sooner. Yeah. It, it just doesn't make sense to, because at that point, they were already mathematically eliminated. Yeah, like you don't ha- like 
if, if that's your intention, like the timing does matter. And there was, that was probably one of the worst times you could have done that. There's honestly, I think it was a stupid move on James's Dolan part. I think it was just not thought out. I think that if you think about it, you can issue that statement, but you got to make sure that all your important guys in the organization are on board with it. Yeah. Cause absolutely. you are, you are destroying your culture there. And I get that they're trying to bring in a new one, but it's going to be interesting to see how the players like bounce back. Yeah. And it's also like, it, it, yeah, it was just so bizarre. And also we talk about performance and the way the team plays and the way they are on the ice. Like why, why is the coach still there then? That's, that's a whole other story. What's his name? Quinn. Dave Quinn. Yeah. Not a fan. I'm not a fan of Dave Quinn. I, Honestly, I would have probably fired him mid through, midway through the season. Um, it's it's really interesting that the president and the GM get fired, yet that the coach is unscathed. I don't think that makes sense. I think there's significant problems in that organization. That I mean, I I, I just don't think it makes sense to to overhaul and not touch your head coach. Yeah, who like- by the way has not made the playoffs since he's gotten there. No, like, like, I, like, I, I'm not. And a I get David. that they're a bad team, but at the same time, it's like you were supposed to make the playoffs this year. You were supposed to contend for a playoff spot, and you falling like a dozen points short this year. Yeah, they, they got off to a bad start. They've been better as of late. Uh, but to me, like, yeah, I'm not a big Dave Quinn fan. But usually, the way these things go, you bring in a GM. GM brings in their coach, whatever, right? Usually the coach goes first, right? GMs usually have a longer leash, right? Yeah. Right? Usually a GM gets it and, and the same goes for a president and his GM. The president gets a longer leash than the GM. That's just – that's the chain of command. That's yeah. how it works. So to bring those guys in for – they've only been there two years, and that is after you've announced that basically – you've announced publicly that you're doing a rebuild, right? And, you, okay, you don't like the way your team's playing, but it's like, all right, like how long do you think a rebuild's going to take? Like they take time, like some teams like Buffalo, like take a decade, right? Like that's just the way it goes. So it's been two years. And in those two years, like what has your GM and your president done for you? Well, they've gotten lucky, right? They got, they lucked into some good draft lottery luck with Alexi Lafreniere and Capo Caco. So that's not on them, but they did bring in Adam Fox and He's a huge piece. I mean, this guy's like, I think was a Norris candidate until it probably still is. I no, don't I, think he's going to win it, but I don't I think, think he wins, but I think gonna he be can a, make a case. Yeah. You like, know, he, top three. Yeah. He's probably one of the best. He's one of the best defensemen in the league. Right. And then you bring in Artemi Panarin. Now Artemi Panarin might've signed there anyways, regardless of who's the GM, but either way, that's a guy you got. You got your second line center and Ryan Strom for, Ryan Spooner, so nothing. So that's a great move there. Like, it's really hard to look at the team and say, like, they're not even – like, if, if you look at rebuilds that go on, I think they're ahead of schedule of a lot of rebuilds that have taken place. They've done, I think they've done a great job. Are you talking about a team who made the Stanley Cup final in 2015? 2014. Uh, 2014. 2014. So it's not – like it's not a horrible timeline. 
well, even then, like they still they they were still like a decent team for a couple of years after like the, the rebuild really yeah they really just went into it like a couple of years ago, and I think so far it's it's going pretty decently. Like you have some really good players up front, both in their prime and young. You've got uh, a really interesting decor, and I honestly think that this team probably is a playoff team, perhaps under a different coach. Yeah. So. There's, there's a lot not to like about this entire situation. It's, no, it, it's a messy one, and it just, is, it's just a gong show, and it's so, it was so preventable too. Like, so easily prevented. Uh, and you know the, the Rangers, they get their two hundred fifty thousand dollar fine, which is not inexpensive, but I think they, they have the money. They do. So it's, it's such a weird situation because, I mean, for me, I came out of this thinking, what the hell is James Dolan thinking? Like, what is he doing? Um, it just, it raised so many more questions because I really thought they were going to be a playoff team at the beginning of the season. And then they had a horrendous start. See, okay, I was, I was, I think I was on the fence about them being a playoff team, but I think that was more attributed to the division they're in. They're in a tough div, right? There's some good teams there. I thought maybe we'd see a, a bit more of a fall-off than we've seen from, from Pittsburgh and Washington, but they, they're still good teams. They've got good players. The Islanders have Barry Trotz, so they'll just grind teams to 2-1 wins all season long. On Honestly, like the most, honestly, like, and I think their goal differential has been very, very good. Like scoring goals has not been a problem. Like I think they have some decent pieces there for sure. Yeah, I mean, strong, really, really young core. You, you have like a really you, good young core, and then you have really good players in their prime. Like you have Ryan Strom, Panarin, Zabanishad. Those are guys all in their primes. And then you have Lafreniere, Kako, Kravtsov, Hedl, Fox. Andre Miller, right? There's that your goaltenders are good and young. Like, like it seemed like I don't know. It just seemed like the team was going in a good direction, and it's just kind of falling off the tracks here this season. And it's like I was saying to Barker last week on the, on the episode, like I really don't care at all about the New York Rangers. Like I have nothing for them, nothing against them. Right? They're just another team in the league, right? But credit where credit is due, like they've been very, very entertaining this year. Right, they've been they, excellent for that. Yeah, and I think, you know, you've got some really exciting players like Zibanejad who can go out any night and pretty much score a hat trick. Um, yeah, it's – I think it's a really, really, really bad situation. And that being said, Chris Drury is probably the best of a bad scenario right now. Yeah, like it's pretty. He's been cut. Like he's been sought after for a lot of positions. He was looked at for the position in Florida before it went for, to Bill Zito. Um, but it's kind of hard. Like with a lot of guys where they've not been GMs before, it's kind of like you, you don't know what to like if they're good or not, really. Right until yeah. you do until you do the job, and there's a sample size there. It's hard to say like if you're a good GM or a bad GM. Like there was a long time when one of the most sought after GMs was the AGM in Nashville, Paul Fenton. And he finally got a shot in Minnesota. 
and it lasted like 12 months. Now he's back. Now he's in Florida and, you know, things are going great. Right. <laughs> but it's so until you do the job, you saw it after, but now it's okay. Like Chris jury, like they wanted you to be the guy. It, it's your team now. So let's, let's see the vision. We'll see You know, we'll see how it goes. I don't know if it's going to go good or bad. We're just going to have to kind of wait and see. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely wait and see. Um, yeah, it's interesting situation for, for, you know, it's an iconic team. So, but yeah, you're like, it's the most valuable team in the league. Yeah. So when your most valuable team in the league has just missed the playoffs, issued that statement, like it's, it's not, it's not great for the league. It, it really isn't. So, I mean, but we'll, we'll kind of wait. Cause you know, at, at the end of the day, like there, there might be more stuff that, that goes on surrounding this in the coming days. Like we'll just, you know, be kind of sitting here, see if there's more stories and layers to this that comes out. But as of right now, like that's, that's kind of all I, I really got to say on that. And, yeah. You know, we'll, 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 we'll talk about it again if anything happens, but if not, I think we should move on and we should talk some U18 hockey here. For sure. Um, so I got to see both, both semifinals. So the first one was Canada versus Sweden. And then it was Finland versus Russia. Um, good games. The first one, unfortunately, Canada, Sweden. Two periods were really good. And then the third period was just just all Canada. Uh, I think that game ended 8-1. Uh, Sweden, Sweden complained a lot in that game, and I was, uh, was kind of surprised about that, but Canada was really, really, really good. Obviously, the team to beat Sweden just, you know, they, they didn't have it. I don't think they had the defensive depth. Uh, they lacked the ability to penetrate Canada's defense. Um, and when it when it when they did, uh, Goudreau just came up came up big for Canada. Um, yeah, you got to have that penetrating D. Yeah, so that that's not exactly what I said, but if if you say so. Um, and then Finland Russia was actually a great game. Uh, Finland tied it really late in the game. Uh, didn't tie it got made it really interesting like with three minutes left made it six five unfortunately russia held on um some really good players on finland uh i don't know if you're familiar with joaquin kimmel or kemmel um that guy has a wicked wrist shot like yeah you can shoot it unbelievable wrist shot uh and then obviously brad lambert um who we all saw at the world juniors so I had really, really high expectations for him just because he made that world junior team and he was not bad for the world juniors. He played really, really well for Finland. Um, I was a bit underwhelmed. I thought he was going to have a big, a better presence uh, there. A uh, couple big guys on, uh, on, on their forward core as well. Um, it was a, it was a pretty good, Finland on a very good team. And I think that, going into the bronze medal game versus Sweden, they had just lost that heartbreaker to Russia. And I just think they never recovered it from it um, mentally. And 
So, so in the bronze medal game, Finland hit the post in the first five minutes on a shorthanded breakaway. Uh, and then Sweden came back and scored on that same power play. And from then on, you could tell that, that something was just off with Finland. And we, we actually left after two periods. It was 4 nothing Sweden. You could tell that Finland had completely checked out mentally. Uh, and then uh, we watched the rest of the game at the bar and ended eight nothing. So just not yeah. not what you want to see out of a bronze medal game. Definitely no, like, not. Well, bronze, but... bronze medal games are always tricky because really, in my mind, because both teams, right, they're obviously disappointed they're not going to the, the finals, right? And it just seems like which team like cares slightly more is usually the team that wins. Yeah, and I think a lot of that had to do with the fact that Sweden lost that just huge semifinal 8-1 to Canada and I think they regrouped after and must have told themselves like we could have played them a hundred times and we would have lost 99 like that was just not not our time so I, I think mentally they were in a much better place than Finland who was came really really close to 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 at least forcing overtime against Russia so I think that at that point, you're right. It's who wants it more, and it's a very mental game. And yeah, unfortunately, like, yeah. Like, they're both, like, about the same on paper. Like, I'd maybe give a slight edge to Sweden just with some of uh, a couple of their young guys that, you know, I'm a big fan of. But, yeah, bronze medal game, like, I, you know, I think both teams are just usually upset that they're not, you know, playing for gold. Exactly. Um, um so, and then going into the gold medal game, it was number 17 versus number 17. Yeah, we got we to talk about it. I mean, that's, that's been the talk of the tournament. That's who everyone wanted to see. I mean, strong performances from both in the final. Um, it's, it's, it's honestly Crosby v. Ovechkin 2.0. Yeah, like that feels like, like the same. I mean, yeah, we got Bedard from the WHL who had a phenomenal year and a record-setting tournament. And then you got, you know, Mitch Kov from Russia, who has just been also unbelievable. Last year, I think, I forget what league it was, but he had like 70 goals in 23 games. Like, he's a beast out there too. And, yeah, both guys just look like superstar players, really. Like. Yeah, and they they came there and they they came there to prove it and they proved it. Um, you, you obviously saw Connor Bedard's backhand. backhand goal. I just everyone in the arena, we just was just in awe. You just couldn't believe it. Yeah, and like, I, that was. It's one of the, like, you can't believe it, but you kind of believe it because it's because of who it is and, and yeah, the reputation and, and, he's building. Yeah, and I think Mitchkov had a goal and two assists, or maybe one assist. I can't remember exactly, um, but. It was a really, really good game. Unfortunately, I think that the Russian goalie kind of cost it for Russia. Played really, really small in his net. And I, I don't want to take anything away from Ottman's goal to make it 3-2 Canada. But the, the Russian goalie was in butterfly before the shot even came off. Yeah, it's which is, and, you never want to do that. You never want to do that, and it goes right above his shoulder. There's nothing he could do other than not go butterfly before the shot. Uh, and I think that 
you know, you go down three, two, and then Canada scores another one uh, before the end of the second. And it's tough going into the third down two goals in a gold medal game. Um, They did a good job. They made it, they made it close a bit of a controversial goal. Uh, I was surprised there was no VAR on that, but um, screw VAR. Yeah. Uh, It's funny because in international hockey, they do the same like, gesture as in like as in soccer yeah exactly yeah, the go to review the, the make a square. go to review they make a square for like a little tv symbol um but, but anyways um canada would just did played their game perfectly did a really really nice job of shutting down in the third period and i think a staple of all the young canadian teams has been really strong forechecks and this U18 team did not disappoint and, you know, really strong forward checking and Russian D just couldn't, couldn't keep up. Yeah, no, it was a ton of fun, the tournament. And I think, you know, having those two guys there, I think, you know, added that had people, you know, I don't, most of the times people don't care so much about the U18s, uh, but, but having those guys there, I think everyone was, you know, kind of excited to see that and then kind of lost it at all. There was Shane Wright, too, who also had an amazing tournament. Brand Clark looked fantastic. Um, right. Like I that's, think he's, he's still two years away, though. Like, that's the sense I got. I think that well, as a D man is, season, yeah. You know, as a D man is and not playing this season obviously hurt a lot deve- developmentally. Um, he needs to put it, he needs to bulk up. But whoever gets him in, what is it? They're projecting top five, top three now. Um, I think you're getting a really, really good player. He's he's mobile. He can move. And he yeah, it's just kind of important these days. Fantastic hockey IQ, and you can't teach that. No, it's yeah. He, he's a terrific player, and you know it, it, that's a thing. Like there was there was a lot of really good players in this tournament who are draft eligible this year who we haven't seen a lot of this year because of everything that's gone on. And then the spotlight just completely shifted away from all of them, like immediately, mm-hmm. right? Like there was a guy like uh, Mason McTavish too on Canada. Yeah. Um, and he, he looked great. Big guy, physical presence. I mean, you can skate too, eh, right? Yeah. It's like for you, a big man. Yeah. And you, you kind of forget those guys, Chase Stillman who plays for Sudbury had a, I think was put in that, third third line role and just excelled in it um there's some some really good some really good good players and obviously Benjamin Goudreau for in goal was was great um Sarnia Sting player um it really, Canada looked really good in this tournament yeah it was yeah it was a, a lot of fun uh, and, to I mean I just on the going back to the Russian side Chibrikov uh the russian captain was also excellent so um there were some really there's a couple swedes too that are they're supposed to be high picks this year too that were there yeah their captain i forget the captain's name was was very good um number eight on defense was was great too remind we're not reminding me maybe of a slimmer victor headman uh that's high praise I, I That's know. very high praise. Uh, he was he was really good. Um, and then uh, Isaac, what was his name? It was Robertson, but also um, Ro- Isaac Rosen was was very good uh, as well for for the Swedes. So no la- no 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 lack of talent in this tournament. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm super jealous that you got to go and watch it. I mean, you know, I, I love watching the the young prospects play. It's always a good time, and like it's it's weird because it's a, it's a weird draft this year, right? Mm-hmm. But it's also kind of nice for us because, like in the past, like I care, you know, a decent amount of the draft, do a decent amount of research and stuff. This year, that's harder to do with lack of players playing, but also with how well the Panthers are doing, I also just care less because it's not ooh, who can we get inside the top ten? It's I don't care because hopefully we're picking thirty second, right? You know, so it's there's that that, that part of it's nice. This is a this is a good year to be a good team. It, it, it very much is. Um, yeah, it was a good way, a good year to trade away your first round pick as well. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that how that shapes up in terms of the Seattle expansion draft, which I mean, I don't know if they put a did. Do they have tentative dates for that? Oh, they do. They did set a date, but I didn't yeah? remember it. I, I, can't, the top I can't remember it, but we should um, remember it because we do have to do an expansion draft episode where we go team by team, make our picks. That's July actually... 21st. Okay. We got time. Yeah. So plenty Not of that time. Much time. And... It's already May. Yeah. So a couple months. Yeah. That's probably, that's probably a two, two episodes. That's probably a two part episode. Yeah. Um, but... It's going to be really interesting. Uh, but so, yeah. Um, it was a great tournament. It was really well organized. Uh, it, it was funny. Uh, I, I sat right in right in front of Steve Eiserman the first day, and then uh, I sat with uh, some other scouts the second day. Um, Stan Bowman was there. Um, there's some some really 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 cool people there that, and I got to talk to a few of them. So I was I was on obviously awesome. Um, some of them give better advice than others. That's all I'm going to say, but. Okay. You don't have to give a name. What was the best and worst piece of advice you got? Don't have to say from who, cause you know. So, so I'd say the, the best advice was one guy said, think outside of the box to get noticed. Um, like everyone's doing YouTube, you know, everyone's doing just think outside the box and that that's all they're looking for. They're looking for someone who's able to to get their attention, and I think that if if you if you can do that, then then you're in a very good position. Um, talk to another guy. We'll definitely not name this guy. This was the worst advice. Uh, he said, "Go to law school," which I think is a very outdated uh, form of thinking, but. It was, it was, it was, it, there, there were a few other things that were, were bad advice from that guy, but I, I can't really say too much, but. Is it Jim Benning? It was not Jim Benning, but the last name did start with a B. Interesting. Interesting. Well, yeah, man, no, that sounds like a fun time. And just the fact that you get to watch hockey in person too. Like I have not seen a game live in like. Also Craig Button. He's like way taller than I thought he was. Oh yeah, he's tall, eh? He's like six two, isn't he? Yeah, cause see, so cause I back home in Calgary, I live like very close to Craig Button, so we shop at the same like Mexican food place. So like I've seen him there a couple of times, and yeah, he's a lot taller than you'd think, eh? He's like really tall, so I, I thought that was a, a really cool thing, but 
uh, yeah, other than that, I mean, Brian Mudrick's tall too. So uh, maybe that's, that's a requirement for being a play-by-play guy and a color commentator. Well, there goes your color commentary career. Yeah, there goes, there goes <laughs> my hopes and dreams. Um, but yeah, it was just a really fun experience. And um, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to do it together um, next year or at least a similar tournament. Um, yeah, hopefully we'll get to do it sometime yeah. soon. I don't know. Yeah. Things, yeah. Hopefully, um. But yeah, yeah. Man, oh, that, that sounds fantastic, and you know, it sucks. I wish we could do like more Panthers talk on this episode, but there really hasn't been anything the last couple of days. I mean, the Panthers are kind of just trying to get healthy here. Um, I'm gonna guess you didn't listen to last week's episode. I did not get a chance. I was in and out of hockey and um, school took took a little bit of uh of precedence there so i'll, uh, yeah, I'll make no, sure I'll, to listen to it over the weekend no nah, nah, don't worry about it. we no we just, I was gonna say you know we talked about uh the tweet that i sent you about spencer knight maybe being the starter in the playoffs um so we talked a little bit about that and then obviously uh gregory denisenko who's looked fantastic the last few games here he's he's racking up the points and he's throwing the body too. Like I don't know how much you've watched him play because you've been busy the last little while, but he's just like he's just giving her out there. You gotta love it. You gotta love it from the kid. The team's buzzing. Once they get healthy, I don't even know what they're gonna do. It's too, it's too many guys almost. <laughs> like too many quality players. It's gonna be a a fun little stretch here. They got Tampa tomorrow. So we'll Yeah, we'll- and I think it's I, I haven't looked at the standings. What does first position in this is Carolina pretty much locked into that? I think so. If I had to take a wild guess, I'm pretty sure they are. So technically they aren't, but they are. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it's um, not it's, official, but they are. Yeah. So hopefully we'll we'll get to see some some good hockey, but not like Nobody trying to to get hurt or anything out there. Not trying to get hurt, but like, how much are you out there? Do you think playing for home ice? It's going to be big, especially the fact that you're playing Tampa because that's probably who you're you're playing in the first round. Yeah, like you're gonna you're gonna play Tampa in the first round to get home ice, right? Both stadiums are gonna have fans, right? Which is awesome. Yeah, I think I think Carolina needs one more point to clinch the division. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm just looking at it now. Um, I think pro- like probably by next episode, we'll probably know what all the playoff matchups are. I'm gonna guess. I I would assume so. Yes. Uh, At which I point, think... I think the end, that's the end of the season, pretty much. So, um, I was thinking next Wednesday we should do our predictions for for each series. Go through that, maybe. Yeah. And I'll kill some time. Something to talk about. Why not? And uh, yeah, should should be a good time. But unless you have anything, I think that does it for this episode of the podcast. No, I'm 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 all set. Yeah, you got yeah stuff to do. I get it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, enjoy the rest of the time in Dallas. Uh, thank you to everyone tuning in, listening as always, and tune in next week again on Thursday with a brand new episode where we break down every playoff matchup we're about to see. Should be a lot of fun. Hope to see you all there. 
and enjoy the rest of your weeks. Just do that, Alexander Barkov! The pain!